Samach in Hebrew, Freude in German, Radosht in Polish, Jeepum in Korea, Cairo in Greek, Algozo in Spanish, Joie in French, in English, the word joy. At the end of our service, we will go forth declaring joy to the world. The Lord is come. Joy, like a mighty river, actually flows through both testaments of the Bible. In Scripture, there is joy at weddings, joy at harvest time, joy in the seven appointed feasts of the Lord, joy in the Word of God itself, joy in finding what is lost, joy in the Lord, joy in our faith, joy even in suffering and hardship and tribulation, joy in the preaching of Christ, and joy in the nearness of the last day and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I even dug into some of my beloved Christmas hymns, and what do you think all of these hymns had in common? In one form or another, either as verb or as noun, all of these Christmas hymns have the word joy. Christmas is an apex of joy in the Bible. Christmas means joy, brings joy, is joy in and of itself. For these past four weeks of Advent, we've been working through various texts of 1 Thessalonians. Today, guess where Paul lands our text? In 1 Thessalonians 5. Two words. Let's memorize it. Rejoice always. That is up there with the confirmation verse, Jesus wept. <laughs> always means there is no exception. There is not even one, yeah, but rejoice always. There might be some here thinking as we read this verse today that that seems a little out of place, maybe a little trite, maybe a little artificial, like a picturesque mirage or maybe a Disney story, but not A.D. 2023. There may be even some here tonight thinking, if Christmas joy is real, it's for other people. 
And that's good. But it's not for me. Not this year. Buried beneath the decorations and the cookies and candy canes and carols. Maybe you're worried sick financially. Or work is at a dead end. The children won't stop bickering. A loved one is not with us this year for Christmas. The pregnancy didn't take. The adult siblings, let's just leave that at emotionally detached. And then there's that rocky marriage or that medical procedure coming up in the new year. Maybe you feel like you've been stuck underneath an atmospheric river of loneliness. And then add on the footage from the war, the battles in Ukraine and Gaza. Paul, why would you write, rejoice always? How can I possibly rejoice? Paul, you don't know my day. You don't know my week. You don't know my 2023. You don't know my childhood or my past. How can I possibly rejoice always? Paul, who wrote these words in the New Testament, took what we know as three missionary trips. Taking the gospel from Jerusalem all the way to parts of Asia Minor and finally to Rome. On his second missionary journey, as Paul had many traveling companions, on his second journey, Paul had a companion with him named Luke. Moments ago, we read the Christmas account of Mary and Joseph and Bethlehem, the angel appearing to the shepherds, announcing his birth, then all the company of heavenly hosts lighting up the Bethlehem sky, the shepherds going to Bethlehem and finding everything just as the angels had said. Who wrote that Christmas account? Luke. So Paul knew the angelic tiding of this sacred day. I bring you good news of great joy. The Greek word there for great is actually mega. I bring you good news of mega joy. That will be for some people, good people, Religious people, good news of mega joy that will be for all the people, for you, for me. What could be such good news for every woman, child, and man of every age? The angel continues for today in the city of David there has been born for you 
a Savior. He is Christ, the Lord. That's our good news of great joy that continues to cry out to every generation. If you look at these angels' words here on the screen, herein lies the difference between happiness and joy. And we dare not confuse the two. Happiness is dependent upon what is going on around us in our lives. Happiness is circumstantial. The children are home for Christmas. I just received a new iPhone under the tree. I just unlocked Randy Moss and my Madden 24 Ultimate Team. That's happiness. I read the story about a man who was deep in prayer with God one night. And in the midst of that prayer, he asked the Lord, God, how long is a million years to you? And God answered him back. And God said, about a minute. And so then he asked God again, and God, how much is a million dollars to you? And God answered him again and said, it's about a penny. And so the man then paused his prayer for a moment, and then he asked a third time, God, do you think then that I could get a million dollars? And again, God answered him, sure, just a minute. <laughs> See, that's happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness peaks, but then eventually it fades. But joy, on the other hand, joy is lasting. Joy remains. And that's because the key to joy is found in its source. And the source is right there. Today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This means that joy is not something that we manufacture in ourselves. It is nothing that we birth in ourselves. It is nothing that we achieve by our own efforts, but joy culminates and climaxes in the Christ of Christmas. And because joy is also in this Jesus, that means that no one and nothing can ever take that joy from you or dampen it in any way. As this child would grow, when we just look at the earthly life of Jesus from a human perspective, Jesus didn't have a lot of reason 
for happiness. His first ever bed, his first ever crib here was not a Serta, but a feeding trough for animals, a manger. And, and as a young baby and child, he moved around a lot with his family from Nazareth to Bethlehem and Bethlehem down to Egypt and then from Egypt all the way back to Nazareth and then even as a man to Capernaum. And as a man, Jesus never owned a house. He never even owned a plot of his own land. And yet the Bible says that Jesus emanated joy. Why? How could Jesus emanate joy? Hebrews tells us, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. How could Jesus, knowing that he was going from the cradle to a cross, emanate such joy? Because in his deep love for you, he was willing to pay whatever price he had to pay to get you back. And that is how God has given you Deep, lasting, and abiding joy. Joy that in Jesus, every one of your sins and transgressions against God is forgiven, wiped clean. Joy that because of the empty tomb on Easter morning, death stands defeated. Joy that the Holy Spirit has brought us to faith in the words of the angel that Jesus is our Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. Joy that Luke would write later in his gospel, your names right now are written in heaven. Joy that on this sacred day, Jesus came down to be with us so that at our last breath here we could also be with him. I read about a man from Manhattan who one day got to see and hear for himself something that he had previously only read about. He was taking a guided tour of a warehouse in Manhattan, and this particular warehouse had a two-story deep basement. And as his guide was showing him around and this man was taking pictures, he heard something really strange. He heard the sound of water. Not as we would picture in an old warehouse, the drip, drip, drip of a leaky pipe, but he actually heard the sound of rushing water. Water like a stream. 
And then as he looked around, he, he noticed this. Not just great areas of standing water, but even little channels there snaking through the concrete with running water. And then his guide explained the secret. This warehouse was built on top of a subterranean river. And over the years, this underground river had punched its way through the foundation. And you try to seal off those little channels or plug them, and they just open again or create new ones. And even in long periods of no rain and drought, the river underneath it continues to flow. I know that we have some teachers on our staff. We have some church people on our staff. We have some members and families and visitors here at St. Peter who have been carrying some very heavy, crushing loads. But here's what Christmas means for you today. It means that no matter what is going on at work or at home or in the hospital or at school, there is a deep subterranean river of joy flowing deep within your soul. And this gushing river of joy will never be stopped. For today... In the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. And that is why no matter what is going on above the ground in our lives, Paul could land his epistle on these two words. Rejoice always. Merry Christmas. Amen. I have some questions for you to reflect on now as we sit with these words of our Lord for a little bit. First question is, who or what has been trying to sabotage your joy? The second one, no matter what is going on above the surface today, why can you be joyful in any and every circumstance? And then just a short prayer, powerful sentence. Jesus, help me to live in your joy today. And say it again tomorrow, and the next day, and the next, and the next. If you are with someone, go ahead and have some holy conversation now, working, talking through these questions, where you really need that prayer. If you're by yourself, that's okay too. Just have a moment of quiet time with God as you reflect. We'll continue then our service in just a few moments.